On today's episode, we've got two Amazon sellers with unique backgrounds and strategies. One started selling on Amazon while living out of the country and despite being busy with seven kids. And the other actually fulfills almost all of her orders herself instead of FBA. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. We've got a couple sellers here today, kind of like a mini roundtable here. We've got uh, Melissa and Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being here. Awesome. Awesome. Now, first of all, where, where are you guys even at right now? Uh, each of you? Um, I am in Northern California in a little teeny tiny town called Kirkwood. Currently 82 degrees and sunny here. Lovely. I'm coming from the north in Minnesota and it's about, I don't know, 55 and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 55. That's a, uh, that's t-shirt weather for Minnesota around you're right, uh, you're March, right. <laughs> but we're in April now. <laughs> Okay. All right, cool. Let's actually just take it back. I, I like going back to the origin stories of, of everybody here. So let's start with uh, Nicole. Yeah. Were you born and raised there in Northern California? Um, Kind of. Yeah. I was actually born in the Bay Area. And then um, my parents, this is this is a fun story. I was born in the San Francisco Bay and my parents moved about three hours north of there and bought a cattle ranch when I was about 10 years old. And that was about an hour from where I live now. So I haven't um, ventured super far. I did go to college in Southern California, but my husband and I ended up back here, which is awesome. So growing up then, when you were around 10, 11 years old, yeah. did you think that like you were just going to end up on the farm <laughs> working and taking over? Or? You know, no, not really. Um, I, I, I'm the only girl. I have three brothers and I always had like way different ambitions than I guess than the rest of the family. Um, the boys kind of wanted to stay home and do that. And I was just like, I'm going to go to New York city and I'm going to be some like big wig CEO of some major company or okay. something. And then, um, didn't really have any anticipation of like staying, staying close by. I was never really a homebody. And then, um, things kind of change when you get older <laughs> and decide yeah. you're going to be a grown up and um, I've actually never gone to work for anybody else. I've been an entrepreneur since I graduated college at 22 and um, graduated here at Chico State and and never left. We just kind of settled into our own entrepreneurship journey right here, which is okay. Been... You're, you're skipping too far ahead okay, here. Okay, okay, uh, so, okay. Slow your roll okay. there. Hold on. We, we, we got to get back to uh, Melissa. We're almost at the end of your story, and Melissa has to even start oh, here. Yet. Okay, well, you better go to Melissa because <laughs> nah, hers nah, is really I'm good. Just, I'm just but Melissa, <laughs> where do, where were you? Uh, where, are you from? Uh, Minnesota as I well, know. just or you're still at where you were born and raised. Yeah, well, my story's a little bit different. I, yeah, born and raised in Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, and about 14 years ago, I moved to Central America to Honduras. So that's where I have lived the last 14 years, and now just transitioning back to Minnesota. So you, you two just love skipping humongous time jumps <laughs> yeah. in your time story. Come on, guys, <laughs> settle down. All right. I have a flow I like to do here and you guys are just ruining it. <laughs> I'm just playing, but hey, let, let's go back to, uh, to, uh, uh, Melissa now there in Minnesota mm -hmm. growing up other than, you know, 
dreaming of of living in a place where you can have some warmth. Right. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up, or or what were your ambitions around that ten year old uh, age there? Yeah, around ten years old. I'd say similar to Nicole. I had the same like dreams of New York City and the bright lights and. Um, just to definitely wanted to get out of Minnesota and just go somewhere and do something big. I didn't probably have the words for that, but that was the feeling, you know, it was always like looking out, you know, where, where can I go? Mm -hmm. What can I, what can I be? What can I do? And, um, yeah, I'd say pretty much. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. And now, Nicole, you said you did go to college. So what was your major when, when you went there? Uh, yeah, I was an art major. I was actually a painting major. And then I changed to a graphic design major. Okay. Yep. And then and, that's what I graduated. Did you complete with. it? I did. Yep. And then did you enter into that field at all in, you know, for livelihood? Um, I did. I graduated. I started at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I feel like that's an important note. And then um, actually went there for the rodeo team. So I high school and college rodeo. That's kind of how I got there. And then was an art major. So I kind of had this like Usually contrast. people are like, oh yeah, I got a basketball scholarship. I got a football scholarship. <laughs> no, no, I, I went in for rodeo. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I was like this rodeo girl that was an art major, which um, was really awesome. And then uh, finished at Chico State with a graphic design and I double majored in journalism. So I finished here and then at 22 years old, started my own graphic design firm. I didn't want to go work for anybody else. I wanted to do it myself. So I started a firm right here in Chico. And that's that's what I did until, oh gosh, still kind of doing it, I guess, but until I had my first baby. And then I changed trajectories a little bit. Okay. Now what, what brought you to like e-commerce? I mean, that's kind of e-commerce. Yeah. You know, if, if you're getting clients, you know, I'm sure you're, you're doing some e-commerce yeah. for that, but what about the actual like selling products online? Like when were you exposed to that as even an idea? Wow. This is kind of an intense story. Are we ready for this story? Hey, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like intense See, and, and guys, I, I don't know any of this. I, I've never even spoken directly uh, to, to Nicole and Melissa before. So I'm learning this along with you guys. So I have no idea what she's about okay. to say, but it sounds juicy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Mel Melissa knows my story. Melissa and I hang out a lot. Um, so I had this graphic design firm, Studio 22 is what it was called. And it was, it was so much fun. We had, I had a team of like really young people working for me. We did um, uh, brand and website design and it was just, it was, it was so much fun. And I got married and um, we wanted to have a baby and I was working my butt off. I, I worked crazy long hours and uh, was not working from home. I, you know, had a studio in town and it was, while it was super awesome, I was, I was literally working myself to death um, while having fun, but it was just not sustainable. And when we decided to actually get pregnant or try to get pregnant and do all that, it was like, I, I can't do this. I can't work myself this hard. You know, how am I supposed to raise a family and be, and be doing this? And, uh, I kind of had, you know, so much experience with building brands. By that point, I had built hundreds of businesses from the ground up from the brand perspective. And I'm like, you know, I can, I can do something different. I can have some sort of passive income with, you know, a product side of my business and just kind of started brainstorming with that, but had no idea what that really looked like. 
And then Steven Diaz um, and his wife, Chelsea, are great friends of mine, me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know. We've had them on the podcast before. Yeah. And they were like, you know, um, we've been selling some products on Amazon. You know, are you are you kind of interested in learning about that? And we're like, eh, no, not really. You know, we're not really sure about that. And then Steven just kind of kept bringing it up in like casual conversation. And he's like, you know, you really should try this. You really should try this. And then um, he did a training on it one day and I happened, happened to watch it out of kind of spite. Like, I'm like, I don't, I want to know about this, but I'm not really sure I want to know about this, but I'm going to do it because he keeps telling me to. And I did. And I was blown away, like blown away. Mm -hmm. But Melissa, what, what about you? I, I already forgot. You know, I have bad memory. <laughs> did, did you say you went to college too uh, after high school? I did. Yeah. Okay. And what was your major? It was actually Latin American studies. Yeah. I was. What in the world did you think you were going to do with that? If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me that, it's it's cool though because I started out uh, international relations because I just like I said I always okay. have had just a vision for you know just something global something else out there and so which is crazy because I came from you know more of a smaller town Minnesota and my parents hadn't I don't even think really traveled internationally but I just always had that and so um, I started international relations. And I just had such a pull towards anything and everything Latin American. Upon graduation, was there something that you were able to use? I mean, other than moving over there later on, was there something that you got a, a job in that field at yeah. all? So then I ended up working in community development. So working with different immigrant um, communities and, okay. and things like that. So then that sort of sparked a whole like this love for like community development and, and global community development. and. That's kind of where I sprung out from there. Ended up doing entrepreneurship, not e-commerce, but entrepreneurship uh, for a while and just had a had a small business. And this was in in um, Central America or was it Central or South America? You were Central in? Honduras. Central. So, so were you there already? No, nope. I was running the business from Minnesota and then was just had a great business and was like, oh, I'm just going to like. Let's go. At this time, I'm married now with kids and was like, OK, let's go to Central America and let's do something impactful for communities. And so that's where <laughs> that's where we started. OK, now, when did you discover the Amazon opportunity? So I discovered in 2019. So early 2019, similar to Nicole, um, had met Stephen and Chelsea with the Rainmaker Group, had met them through a different business group that we were in together and they were just sharing about their journey and the opportunity. And so I was living in Honduras at the time and I was like, well, is this something that I could do from Honduras? Because obviously I was mm. thinking warehouse wise and this and that, like that's not going to work like logistically from outside yeah. of the U S. And so the more, you know, and then Steven was like, well, yeah, I can FBA. And I was like, FBA. Like I remember I had to like, <laughs> I had to Google what FBA even meant. I was like, I know all about buying on Amazon, but I didn't know anything about Amazon FBA and whatnot. So, um, jumped in and oh my gosh, it was, I felt like I jumped into what I was like meant to do. <laughs> like I just, I loved it so much. I love the, I love the idea of selling on, on, you know, on an e-commerce platform. Love the idea too that it's something that you can do from anywhere. Now back to Nicole here is has Amazon been or is Amazon your main source of income? Yep. So like I like that's your 
I mean, not necessarily they're working 40 hours a week, but but that's what could be considered your full-time job then. Uh, that and Melissa and I are both coaches for Rainmakers. So we, okay. so Amazon, our own businesses and, and, and Melissa, you can tell me if I'm speaking out of turn, but um, our own businesses and coaching other Amazon businesses is my main source of, that's what I do. Yeah. Cool. Your very first product, are you selling it still? Yep. Nice. So you, you hit a home run with the, your very first uh, try. <laughs> I don't know if it was a home run. It took a, it took a lot of work and a lot of patience and, but it, but it worked and it's still going strong. Okay. Now I heard from Steven that you're, you actually, we, I mean, we're talking about FBA here, yeah. but like you actually prefer FBM on your product. Is that, is, that is, that is that true? Uh, Correct gossip. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, for for okay. lots of reasons, though, um, uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily because I prefer it, but it it works for me and my family. Um, and my brand, River and Robin, my brand is pretty big outside of Amazon as well. So fulfilling myself gives me the opportunity to grow it um, to have a little bit more control that way as well. Oh, did you just say what your brand was? I did. Okay, so like you know, I I I never want to offend people and ask them, hey, what's your oh. product? You know, because some Amazon sellers are like, oh my goodness, it's no, like, that's okay. you got to sign seventeen <laughs> NDAs if you want me to even mention what category I'm in. But um, okay, so l- hold on, l- let me just look. Now I just see it on your Instagram here. It's like like baby uh, toddler products. Yep, we are we are a modern baby brand. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was your, what year was your peak in sales? Was it last year, year before? Uh, not last year. It must've been 19, 2019. 2019. Yeah. And is, what's your breakdown as far as num- uh, percentage of sales on Amazon mm-hmm. versus like, I'm assuming you sell on Shopify or, or other uh, Yeah, Yeah. 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 So we are um, not Target yet. We're hoping for Target soon, but Walmart, Jane.com, Zulily, all of like the basic, uh, other e-commerce platforms. Um, probably, I mean, a majority from Amazon majority, as far as like actual number breakdown, probably like 80, 20, 80% Amazon, 20% other places. Okay. Who, who, uh, which one would be number two? Would you say, uh, my own site, probably river and robin.com. Okay. Is it Shopify? It's I. I, I built them on Squarespace. I prefer, I prefer Squarespace over Shopify. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just looking here. Oh, so these are kind of like um, I see what these are. These these are like the I don't know what you would call it, like mini beds. Yeah, so kind of. it's a baby lounger, um, and we are the one and only lounger that goes from infancy to toddlerhood. So you don't have to like upgrade in size like you do the other baby loungers. Ah, that's yeah. cool. Now, I could see this seems like a larger item. It is. So then, FBA. Would you be, I mean, are you, you're, are you able to fulfill this cheaper than you would have as if you, if you had to send your product to Amazon and then they send it to the customer? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can talk real numbers. Like, do you want real, real numbers? Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, I don't want fake numbers. What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how transparent you want me to be, but I'm happy to be super transparent. As transparent as you okay. want to be. Yeah. So my FBA fee on this item is $42, uh, which is crazy high. So, I mean, I, it, and is that just from Amazon to the customer or that's including how much it, co- it would have cost you to get that, that is, to Amazon? That is just from Amazon to the customer. So that's my referral and fulfillment fee is 42 bucks. Good grief. Yeah. 
So, so it's just not super cost effective for me to do FBA. I can ship them uh, from here for between like eight and twelve dollars, and then okay. I'm only out the other cost of you know box and tape and labels and things like that. So um, it's a lot less expensive. Wait, wait, wait. Eight to twelve dollars you can ship this for. Yep. Well, what service is that? Uh, depends. USPS or UPS. It's oh, amazing. Really? It's amazing when you ship as many as you, as we ship. Um, uh-huh. You know, especially UPS. They just keep. They'll just drop your rate and drop your rate if you just keep asking. It's like I want to keep shipping with you, but I need a better rate, and I want to keep shipping. How many units a day are you pushing out of your uh, warehouse? Oh there? God. Uh, right now, probably like ten a day. It's pretty. It's okay. lower right now, but. Um, I imagine during like holiday yeah. season it. Yeah. And like, so for instance, and, and I kind of have like this, I don't know if it's a luxury, but it, but it makes it easy where I switch mine over to FBA sometimes. So Mm -hmm. I had a baby in December, December 8th, um, and didn't want to be fulfilling, you know, black Friday and Christmas orders, you know, nine months pregnant and with a newborn. So we switched to FBA. So I sent a bunch in, um, you know, back in October and just let Amazon fulfill them. And like, we didn't make as much money, but then I'm not out the work, which I'm really glad. Yeah. I'm really glad we have the option to okay. do. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let, let's go back to uh, Melissa. She's feeling neglected again <laughs> o- over there. <laughs> Melissa, I, I got just a little bit of, of gossip uh, on both of you, you know, so, so, so for uh, Nicole, it was about, it was about FBM. And, and for you, Melissa, it was that you have se- six or seven, seven, kids? seven. Yes. <laughs> Seven kids and, and and you were living in Honduras. Yes. Yes. Correct. With seven kids correct. in Central America. And then that's when you started your Amazon business. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people Rock ask. Her. Now, now, what were you doing for income? Mm. You like, like for just daily living uh, expenses when you were living down there before, before uh, Amazon. So mostly we do have a coffee business as well. So we did some coffee sales and otherwise we. Coffee as in drinking or, or copy. Coffee as in drinking, because we have a coffee. Okay. So we do, we were doing that. In fact, I thought originally, this is how little I knew about Amazon, that we could maybe get in on Amazon and sell our coffee. So that was kind of one of the, mm-hmm. the things I was thinking. So that, um, that business, and then um, like just church support and things like that, that people would support. So mm-hmm. yeah, we were really at a time of just like, okay, we need to really like look at what we're doing here. So I really wanted to be able to, and so what was the motivation there then? Was it like, you know what, it, it, we're kind of struggling here and it'd be nice to have a few extra bucks or what motivated you to say, we need to start getting some income from Amazon? Yeah, definitely. One was a financial motivator. It was just sort of looking around, like wanting, like I was telling you to like have this impact, but then always like looking at, you know, wait, the bottom line here, we don't have the money to be able to be impacting how we want to. And yeah. And, and then just like real transparency, like our family, like you know, my mama heart was just like, all right, this, like, we need, we need to, to, to get more income coming in. So absolutely came from financial. And then, so did you actually start your first product while you were still down there or were you already back in the States? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm a hundred percent back in the States because I'm kind of going back and forth, um, over the next few months, but I did. Yeah. I've, I've launched all of the products that I've launched thus far have been from Honduras. Nice. So then you never had to touch them. You just send them directly to uh, 
either to Amazon or to a warehouse first and and yeah, yep. Uh, reap the benefits. Yeah, just the just the samples. What did you do when you set up your Amazon account as far as like utility bills and and address and things like that? I mean, obviously you're an American citizen yeah. and, and you had some still addresses and things in your name or how, how, how were you able to set that yeah, up? Yeah, I did. I did have stuff in a permanent address and things that I was able to show fairly easy. But it was cool because, um, you know, just kind of investigating later because a, a lot of our friends and people in Central America were like, well, how are you doing this with Amazon? And it, it pushed me even further kind of to answer your question, like just how um, I didn't know that, you know, people in other countries as well can send in their documentation and get verified by Amazon. All right, everybody, it's time for the BTS of the episode, Bradley's 30 Seconds. Here's my 30-second tip. Talking a little bit in this episode about uh, fulfilling at your own warehouse, and this is something I actually wrote a blog on, so you guys can read about this in, in the Helium 10 blog, but I've always recommended, guys, even if your product maybe isn't you know large size, uh, go ahead and always dual list your items if you have that ability from your own house or your own warehouse or your own 3PL because you can get orders that you might not have gotten if you didn't have the FBM. So most people think, oh, everybody's got FBA, you know, buyers, but that's not the case. You know, there's still a section of buyers out there who don't have FBA or Prime, I should say. And so what that means is if they see an FBA item, they there might not be a buy box if the, if the uh, price is too high for them or if they live in a country that can't be fulfilled by Amazon, or uh, they might add it to their cart, and then if Amazon puts like a $10 charge on something, they might be like, hey, this is too expensive. Usually you yourself can fulfill the products and at the same price almost as if it was FBA, and then you will be able to get you know probably between one and 3% more orders just by having a dual listing for your product on Amazon. Going back to uh, Melissa then. Uh -huh. So you didn't have a, a big social media uh, audience or big uh, community when you launched your product. Right. So what was your launch strategy then when you when you did end up uh, opening your first product on Amazon? Um, you know, I really just working, working with the Rainmaker community was what just really helped me just, you know, as far as just being able to know like how to... <laughs> how to do it and what to do. And, um, you know, just with giveaways and launching stuff, it was just, um, really just following, I guess what, you know, just being a part of that community helped tremendously. Had I been all on my own, I can say I would have, I would have driven right into a cement wall. You know, I just, I thought maybe, you know, mm -hmm. I, I knew what to do, you know, just from like a quick basic training, but being a part of an Amazon community, like same, even, the Helium 10 community and this Rainmaker community, having that and just really leveraging community, I think has been what has, have been keys for success, you know, just really um, being able to come along other, along, alongside other people and, and yeah. then, you know, be able to do the same afterwards. So, so then has it been a full year of you selling on Amazon yeah. yet? Yeah. I started the end of October, 2019 selling. In 2020, what would you say your estimated gross sales were about? Um. Just under two hundred thousand. Okay, and then is your you said you're making money, so uh, decent profit margin there. Yeah, yeah, I it was just uh just doing my taxes and just excited. I mean, like just you know being real, like you said, no BS. Like I I was just this last week did taxes and was able to you know 
go from like a a year beforehand, which was like, you know, like maybe thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and then go to like over a hundred thousand dollars. So, and that wasn't all Amazon, nice. but but the the majority yeah. of it definitely. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what would you say, still with you, Melissa? Like your biggest win and loss in the last year of selling on Amazon was where like something unexpected happened or, or, or expected, like you were like, Hey, I'm going to do this new PPC strategy I heard about, or I'm going to try and do this influencer marketing or whatever. And, and it really gave you good uh, dividends, but maybe something that, you know, that was bad. Like, Hey, one of my containers fell in the ocean with those others that, that did, or, or I got locked out of Amazon for months during the coronavirus. What was your biggest W and L of, of 2020? Oh, that's so good. Um, I think my biggest loss was not calculating quarter four, um, because I not time wise. So I didn't get, I didn't get my stuff in and Nicole knows she, (laughs) I ship a lot of my stuff to her warehouse and everything just got locked up. And so I had stuff that I, some of my biggest sellers that I ran out like this, maybe like the 10th day in December or something, you know, when sales were just peaking and where we could have rolled that wave out and I ran out. And even though I had um, the inventory, it just couldn't get in on time. So that, that was so stressful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had one product, you know, ordered extra for Christmas, wanted to launch it for Christmas and it didn't make it by Christmas. It was terrible. That was like by far like my most frustrating and difficult just yeah. the learning of. Um, was it because you didn't order early enough or? Yeah. And now I thought I did. I ordered by September or it was on its way by September. And I thought it was, but it just, it didn't get there. It didn't, whether it was slow to get into the port, then, then, in, then it got to Amazon, but never got checked in. And it was just long. It just was long. And so for my best sellers and for the new product that I was hoping to sell, um, I, I wasn't able to sell it for Christmas, which was a huge bummer. So um, okay. And then now awesome. let's turn from the doom and gloom to rainbows and unicorns. What was yes, the good thing? That yes, happened? that's my favorite part. So I think, um, gosh, you know, to be honest, last year, 2020 was my learning year, you know, like from, I launched one product and, you know, and it started to make money and it was like, all right, like, yeah. Okay. So let's do this again, you know? And so it was like such a, you know, to be able to, to launch the other products for me, I know this isn't, I mean, obviously the biggest win is that the sales, you know, went way up after launching each product, started to make some real money. And I guess, I guess here, this is the, this is it now just kind of thinking, just being able to like, um, be able to make over, you know, gross over a hundred thousand in the first year. That was a big deal to me. That was kind of a marker that I was hoping to hit for the first year, but I, it was just so inexperienced. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to. So to be able to hit it and sustain it was a, was a big win. Okay, cool. Now let's go back to Nicole uh, a little bit. You know, uh, Melissa was talking about how she uses your warehouse. Yeah. So, you know, for those people out there wondering what they need, if, if they want to have some discounts for UPS shipping, it's not just Nicole's 10, 10 products a day right. that she's doing, but, but she's also, I'm, I imagine fulfilling, you know, for others now, yep. because you're fulfilling for yourself and for other people, you know, you, you have, you know, a lot of the, the ins and outs of, of, of fulfilling by yourself. And yeah. from what you've heard from people who, who use like third-party warehouses, which, you know, it's not to say that third-party warehouses are, are, are bad, but, but there's bad things that happen. 
sometimes when you run your own show, you, you have a little bit more control, but what's the, some of these advantages that you have had, you feel by having your own mm. in, in-house warehouse? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I, I'll answer this in two quick parts, one being for myself and one being for our customers that store inventory with us, because the huge win for myself is that I have complete quality control over my own products, um, which I'm a super emotional, like driven person. So that touchy feely side of it, being able to touch and feel and pray over each product that goes out is important to me. And I get to control that aspect when I fulfill my own orders out of my own warehouse. Um, for others and like, you know, for people like Melissa and everyone else that stores with us, I think the big advantage is having somebody that you really know. I mean, it's just me and my husband. It's not like we have this crazy team of people that's, um, moving inventory around and everything. It's just Adam and I, and knowing that you have this personal contact that, you know, that you can email or, you know, Facebook message and say, you know, Oh my God, my inventory is late. Can you check on it? Like, or, um, I'm worried that, you know, I'm missing a carton. Can you do another count or some, you know, things like that, that happen that, that you feel like you don't have any control over sometimes in this Amazon world, it can feel kind of out of control at times. Um, I feel really blessed that we're able to provide that to the people that store with us and be able to say, you know, like, yeah, I'll go count those for you or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then, um, you know, being there when UPS shows up every day and, you know, seeing those boxes get loaded and out the door and know where they're going, um, you know, is a, is a big deal for our customers knowing that I'm there able to do that for them. So I think those are. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I'm in the same boat, you know, I, I have a, a, a 2000 square foot warehouse right here uh, on my property. Mm -hmm. It was one of the reasons I bought this, uh, uh, house. I love, I love that. And, and I've always been a big proponent of, Hey guys, you know, even if you are doing FBA, always do FBM too, just to have that mm -hmm. available for the people who don't have FBA. Right. You might lose the sale because there's no buy box or, or, or because Amazon puts on a, a surcharge of shipping that might mm -hmm. price them out of it. So like FBM is, is the way to go. Now, what are some, some issues though, that maybe you've run into, you know, like I think everybody last year ran into issues, yeah. regardless if you're fulfilling by Amazon or yourself, where now there's like shipping delays and things like that. But what are some of the biggest things that people need to understand that could potentially, not to scare yeah. people, but, but you know, some of the things that, that, that could happen if you are doing uh, ful uh fulfilling yourself. Uh, yourself. Uh, there's no, there's no vacation. I mean, if you, if you're only fulfilling yourself, um, you know, it's not like you can't ship orders one day, like you, you've got to go out and ship the orders. And so I think that's the biggest downfall and the biggest, you know, the wary point. But again, you know, that's a huge reason why we sell on Amazon is because we have the option to do FBA if all goes to hell in a handbasket, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, as far as 2020 goes, the shipping delay situation that's completely out of, you know, the vendor's control. It's, you know, even if we ship on time, um, dealing with the customer side of things, being able to effectively message them and say, like, I know your order's, you know, three weeks late, but I shipped it on the day you ordered it. And it's, you know, in USPS's hands now. And, and being able to just kind of brush that off and know that you don't have control over it. But, you know. It still, yeah. still hits hard sometimes. Now for you, are you, are you direct with UPS or, or do you use one of those, um, those like, I don't know what you call it, like those last mile kind of services oh. where 
they contract with UPS and then they use the post office for the last leg of the delivery or something uh, like that? No, we're directly with UPS. Um, reason- so, so then how, how does somebody go about, like if they yeah. do have, you know, decent yeah. volume, how does somebody go out uh, to set it, to get up like a corporate account? Yeah. Or di- I mean, cause anybody can just go to UPS.com <laughs> and, and get yeah. a, you know, a UPS account, but like, how do you get these yeah. discounts in? Um, so the easiest way to do it and, and people, my students laugh at me and particularly when I say that this is what you got to go do. You go outside when your UPS man shows up one day to deliver your Amazon package or whatever. And you walk outside and you say, Hey, I need to talk to your project manager. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, okay. Here's his number. And you call that number and you are connected to a, a UPS project manager. Hmm. Um, and it sounds too easy to be true, but in my experience, it's the best way to go about it because you can, you can totally call the UPS like 1-800 number and they will connect you to somebody that will connect you to somebody that will connect you to somebody. But I love the personal contact side of UPS. I feel like that's what makes UPS what it is. And you know, being able to just like, I mean, my guy's name is Trevor and I can text Trevor now and say like, Hey, my pickup didn't happen today. What's going on? And he sends somebody. Um, so just walk outside, talk to a driver, say, Hey, who, who's in charge? I need his phone number. And then you call them and you say, I've got a business. I'm going to be shipping from home. Hook me up and they'll walk you through the whole process. Yeah. I, I got to try that. I mean, I used to be a big shipper back in the day and I had all these contacts and I lost them all. And then I was just trying, I, I kind of ship through like stamps.com uh-huh. now because they even do UPS, but the, I mean, the discounts are decent, but they're not that great. But then I was like, man, uh, there, there's a time since now uh, I'm doing tons and tons of Etsy uh, now, mm-hmm. which is obviously all fulfilled by merchant um, and other, you know, Walmart and things like that. So I'm like, man, I, I need to get some better rates. And I gave up because, you know, I'm kind of, I, 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 my ADHD like won't let me um, like concentrate on anything for a, a period of time. And I was like trying with the 1-800 numbers. I was trying on the website and I couldn't get anybody yeah. to, to like on the phone to, to, to like set up a, a corporate account. So we have our UPS guy. He comes like almost every day yeah. because uh, I'm, I'm shipping stuff to FBA and other things. So I'll ask him for that. That's a great tip. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to uh, Melissa uh, a little bit now. So Melissa, what are your goals moving forward you said you're going to be splitting time between uh honduras and and minnesota mm-hmm. like I, I cannot think of two more opposite right? places <laughs> climate wise and culture yeah. wise that's that's hilarious they probably don't even know what hockey is no. in honduras <laughs> but um <laughs> but cuáles son tus planes para el futuro oh, what, what's oh, your plans for the Bradley, future no sabía que hablas español. <laughs> Um, yeah a little bit or like 80 percent. wow that's good um my plans let's see my I say plans like I really I think um because I spent so much of of last year just launching 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 I felt like now I'm just trying to um really build the brand you know as we're as we're going forward I didn't even think brand wise when I when I launched really you know I put our 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 business name is Nine Royal and that is it's kind of like a declaration because our family there's nine of us and it was kind of like going from what was to what is to come so that's sort of my focus and um so just looking at yeah just really starting to branch out started selling on some more platforms we're working on a website working on selling on Etsy now as well and just building up the brand and really identifying kind of our our who um because we sell kind of inspiration, uh, inspirational stuff, and we also do laundry room decor. So it sort of, you know, it kind of shows the sporadicness of the first year of, of just 
looking for good products and selling them, but we're really wanting to to build the brand as we go forward and then just um, build and, and, and keep building, mm-hmm. keep building off, you know, launching more products. And I like what Nicole said too, about just really being impactful. You know, I think that we have that opportunity. I think for in 2020, one of the things that we did was just include something in our, in our packages. You know, I just thought, you know, with everything with the COVID and it just, it still seems, you know, there's just so much like, Dun, 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 like this bad news all the time, you know, about everything. And just, you know, <laughs> using uh-huh. the e-commerce platform to be able to like put in a little note, you know, like, you know, you're amazing. Or just just to like, you know, you get your Amazon product and you're just excited to get it. But, it, you know, just trying to bring a little bit of sunshine into into people's um, day and just trying to have more impact with what we're doing than just making money. Keeping it with Melissa real quick, out of curiosity, you know, like there, there's I mean, when you were in Honduras, you were, you were, you know, you had that coffee thing going, you had your, your missionary work and everything. It's not like you were just sitting on the beach without anything to do right. plus seven kids. Right. So in that situation, how did you make the time mm-hmm. to be able to start an Amazon business? I'm obviously not everybody is going to be in that exact situation, right. you know, but, but there's people who have two kids, four kids, six kids. They've, they've got full-time jobs. They've got part-time jobs. They've got household responsibilities or familiar responsibilities. Like how, how does somebody uh, carve out the yeah. time necessary in order to start a business? Like right. you did? that's, that's a great question. And I, and I love people ask me that a lot just cause, because of the seven kids, you know, it's just like, I, I think it's just in setting like daily goals for yourself. Like that's what I found that I did that worked for me. Like if I tried to tell myself like, okay, I'm going to do product research at four o'clock today. A lot of times that four o'clock came and blew by. And if I would have, stuck to that, I would, I could just have gotten frustrated really fast. So I just try to set go- mm-hmm. daily goals for myself, especially during that product research phase or, you know, just like, all right, today I, I need to get this done. And if that means when all the kids are in bed and I got to stay up a little later, you know, maybe I'm not going to watch that Netflix series or, you know, whatever else that, that I was, was hoping to do, but I'm going to set aside, you know, whatever product research, I'm going to set aside an hour or whatever, two hours tonight to, to be able to do that. And so just having those daily goals for myself is what really helped me be able to just push the needle forward, you know, and get stuff done instead of, you know, setting up a rigid schedule because I, my, I mean, my days are crazy all the time. And so, um, but I do, I, I'm not a quitter either, you know, and I think once you put that in your mind, like I'm, I'm going to do this, like this is happening and, yeah. and it's going to get done one way or another. I just got to figure out what's the best way to, to do this. All right, guys, that sound means it's time for our CAT, our cat of the episode, which stands for Clubhouse After Party Tip. Once a week, we go live on the Clubhouse app and bring back former series sellers, podcast guests. We take live questions from you and they give you their best tip out there. So every episode, we're going to be giving you guys clips from these episodes we've been doing on Clubhouse. So you can get some great strategies from our former guests. Now, if you have the Clubhouse app, make sure to search for the Club Serious Sellers podcast and follow it so that you can be notified when we go live. You can also follow our director of training on there at H10 Bradley. In this clip, we had Kevin King, who is the master behind Freedom Ticket and an e-com legend, as well as Ankit Patel, who once had a month grossing nearly over $1 million in sales on Amazon on the Clubhouse call. If you would like to listen to one of their original podcasts, 
Kevin's latest episode is 216, and you can find Ankit on 208. So my question is for Kevin. I am on, I think, week six or seven um, with the Freedom Ticket, so I'm very new, very green. My question is regarding shipping. Um, you suggest 35 days um, inventory. So now with the world upside down, what would you recommend? Uh, you always going to have at least 30 days worth of inventory sitting in Amazon. And then I cushion that with like a, a, an extra five days. Uh, but what do you want now with the, everything taking longer to arrive? You're probably going to want to make that about 45 days because just the containers and everything coming out of China is taking so much longer. So I would probably put that at a 45-day cushion. The LA port used to be so busy during Christmas time, even after Christmas, after the Chinese New Year. So what I have implemented is I now try to order two to three months worth of inventory in advance because once you, if it's your best selling product, you don't want to be out of stock because that could cost you a lot. So, you know, what I do is I have acquired a new warehouse and I have acquired uh, uh, three months of inventory so I don't run out of stock. Now, we've come to the part of the show we call the or the TST 30 second tip. So uh, you guys have been talking about different strategies and, and tactics that, that help you uh, get where you are today, but there's going to be, I'm going to ask each of you the same question, just something that maybe you could say in 30 seconds or less, that is a life hack or, or, or something about your Amazon or your PPC strategy or, or work life balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be about any possible thing that you think is, is could be va- valuable for the, the average uh, Amazon seller out there. So let's start with uh, Nicole. What's your 30 second tip? Mine is way less than 30 seconds. Just start. It can feel so daunting. If like, if you haven't started yet, it can feel so daunting. The list can feel so long to launch, to launch your Amazon business or to launch a product, but just start. You mm-hmm. won't, it won't happen like until it. you just start. Ooh, and Melissa. Oh, I love that. I think that sometimes we feel like, uh, I mean, at least for me, I felt like I had to have everything, you know, like it's okay to make a mistake, you know, like sometimes we're just holding back and I don't want to, I don't want to repeat what you already said, but I just think it's, I just think it's so key for people as you're, as you're, you know, whether it's launching another product. I mean, of course we all want quality. We all want to do our very best, but sometimes we get to this perfectionism that stops us, you know, and we actually find that you know, a year goes by because, you know, we just can't think of the perfect color for this product that we're going to launch, you know, and sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I'm going to launch it blue. And if I need to change it later, then, then I can do that. So I think not getting stuck in perfectionism, um, will release you to be able to, to move and to get that start just to, to get out of being a perfectionist again, doing, you know, the best you can, but not being hung up if it's not perfect, you know, every perfect thing, because that that's what I think is the big stop for so many people as well. All right, cool. I love it. I love it. So if people want to, uh, you know, uh, reach out to you guys or, or see about that coaching program that you're a part of, how can they find their view on the, on the interwebs out there? Um, Nicole and co on Instagram is awesome for me. And then andriniwarehousing.com for the warehouse stuff is definitely the best way. And then Rainmakers, just Google Rainmakers Academy. It's the coolest thing in the whole world. <laughs> I love it. And, and Melissa? Yeah, I, I am. I'm on Instagram, but I'm, I'm much more active on Facebook. So Melissa Mejia on Facebook, 
And then um, also NineRoyalCompany.com. We're also there as well. Cool. All right. Nicole, Melissa, I definitely want to reach out to you. One last question before I go. And I always, you know, I'm on the clock here, but I never make these Helium 10 sales pitches, but I know everybody uses Helium 10 here. So if each of you could just give like your favorite part of Helium 10 on how that has helped you in your, in your business. I can start. I can start. Mine is hands down magnet, magnet, 100%. (laughs) I love magnet. I love to think about like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, this, you know, could this keyword be good? What's the search volume on it? So I'm throwing the keyword in. And then I guess my special, like my, my like favorite, even like part about magnet is I love, like, let's say I throw in the keyword and I'm like, oh no, search volumes, either not good or it's way too high or competitive or whatever. I love the filtered keywords below. So I'm always Mm -hmm. like, Hey, don't get stuck. Like if it's like, if it's, not in the 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 range, you know, the keyword search volume range that you're hoping it's in. Scroll down and look at those those filtered keywords because there could be, you know, there could be a product in there that you weren't even thinking of, you know, and boom, all of a sudden you have a keyword, you have all the information you need right there and you didn't even think about it and it was associated or just with the other keyword that you originally looked at. So that's kind of my that's one of my favorites. Awesome. And and Nicole? You know, I have to say, I actually, I love Cerebro because, and, and this has to do mostly not necessarily with my own Amazon business, but when we work with students, you know, all day long, every day, I think Cerebro is just like the coolest way to basically get like background information on competing products. And I love the idea that we can basically find what kind of keywords competing products are ranking on that we may never have thought of before. And, um, and I just love it. I probably use Cerebro 50 times a day. Okay. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, next year, 2022, want to reach out to you guys and see what y'all are up to. And, and then, uh, we got some exciting things in the helium 10 side that, uh, are about to come out that I think uh, each of you are going to like, and maybe we'll talk about how you use other tools. Uh, but Magnet and Cerebro are two of my favorites as well. So I'm on the same page as you there. So, uh, Nicole, Melissa, I wish you uh, the best of success in your continuing Amazon journeys and keep making it rain. Thanks, Bradley. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, for Bradley. having us. It's a pleasure.